Have you ever felt like you've got more in the tank and you know that there's more potential in you, especially in business? Jack came to set the standard and he ended up tripling his business within a couple of months. He has an email marketing company. Some of the tools and the tactics and the mindsets that we teach, we teach every two to three weeks in a free mindset webinar. This is an invite to you to come to that webinar. Just click the link below. It's the first link in the description and I'd love to see you guys there. Can't wait. Hi everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of the podcast and today we have a super interesting podcast. We have on the author of the Testosterone Optimizational Therapy Bible, Jay Campbell, who is now a spiritual leader in the communities trying to help the world, you could say, wake up or become enlightened and become their best selves and find their higher selves and be that person. This is an extremely interesting podcast. So if you guys are interested or you feel attracted or called to the spiritual side of life, I highly recommend listening to this. Jace shares some extremely vulnerable stories of his life and it's quite amazing to understand and self-reflect on how some of the lessons he has learned may also help you. So before we start the podcast, guys, I'd just like to let you know that At Eternum Labs, eternumlabs.com.au, we have a range of awesome products that you can use to optimize your life. Zone helps you get into the zone. It's a stim-free product, which doesn't have any caffeine there, but has all the juice to your brain to help you get going. Zen is a unique and enhanced sleep formula, which helps you get deep and more restful sleep and wake up in the morning with more energy. Who doesn't want that? We have NMN and resveratrol, which help activate your anti-aging pathways within your body. And we also have a lion's mane supplement, which improves cognition and improves your immune system. Also, guys, when I talk about my coaching and other things, if you guys are interested in like becoming your best self and eating the best food possible, I would highly recommend for you to check out my recipe ebook. You can get that by clicking on the link in my bio and you can find out where that is and basically all the recipes and all the good food that I have been eating and figuring out. You might see me post them on my stories, but all of my good recipes and how to eat really healthy and make them so they actually taste really good are all in there. Like even when I cook for my friends, they're like, man, I cook this same food, but I don't know how you do it. I'm like, it's always just a sequence, man. And it's in the recipe ebook. So you guys can grab that, which I think is actually quite fantastic. And if you're interested in any coaching services, please reach out or send me a DM and we can jump on a call and figure out and understand if anything that I have a value can be a value to you could work out. So without further ado, guys, I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. And I bring you Jay Campbell. Thanks everyone. Like that was the one guy, that was the one guy that I really like talking to because he was really bright. He did a video on like living your life on Zoom. I mean, on snooze, but I think it was probably like 2013 or something like that. But I was like, I like this guy. Well, I mean, he's just smart. He's spiritually awake. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of guys in the fitness realm that are really advanced. You know, that whole bro science, like, you know, persona that people think is all BS. I mean, the guys that are the top guys are amazing, right? Like Frank Zane, you know. People like that, you know, you don't get to that level of physique mastery unless you know what the fuck you're doing. It's not like you're just like, you know, tilapia and green beans and rice six times a day, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. you, you clearly have a mastery over the mind body. Yeah. 
for sure. What do you sort of go through with those um, guys for consults? On the what? what? What do you go through in the consults with those guys? Oh, man, anything. You know, um, I, what, I don't do any one-on-one coaching anymore, um, very rarely. Um, but it's mostly for guys like that, you know, they want to make sure they understand like why they're imbalanced, like why, you know, why X is causing Y or Y Z is leading to what they think is X. Um, but for most of the guys now that I work with, you know, really high, high net worth, high wealth people, um, it's to talk about spirituality. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, I don't understand why I'm starting to feel this way. You know, you know, I read your stuff and I have no fucking idea what it is. I'm subscribed to your newsletter. And, you know, I, I, I read some of these things and I'm like, it makes sense. But then again, I don't really know how to explain it. And, you know, so I, you know, I kind of go deeper from there and, you know, start talking about latent DNA circuits and, you know, things that they don't really understand from like the, you know, the mainstream narrative, but they could easily understand if they just get into that whole uh, awareness of like the, in, the inward journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing to actually silence your mind? You know, because I think a lot of people, and we could talk about this when we launch or whatever, but on the show, but uh, a lot of people really don't understand what meditation is because they've been brainwashed into thinking that it's sitting in the lotus position with your legs crossed, you know, in a cave or a monastery or a fucking sweat lodge you know, where they don't speak to anyone for four days or whatever bullshit that they've been brainwashed. And they just don't really understand that all meditation is, you know, I talk about this with my wife all the time is a connection to your higher self. It's literally being able to understand that you are not that physical body and you are a spirit being inhabiting an avatar physical body. But when you can remove the layer of the body and the physical aspect of existence, and you can sit again from that neutral platform as this spirit being, whether you actually can leave your body or not, and some people obviously can, they've trained themselves to do that, then you recognize that this is just a game. And that, you know, how you react to the game is going to determine the ultimate state and quality of your life. Yeah, straight up. And what like fascinates me as well is, when you are meditating and when you are connecting to your higher self, biologically, your testosterone goes up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, there isn't even a need for anything like from, from a physical standpoint. True. Because you are in your pure essence and in your pure essence, you have everything you could possibly want or need. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, it's funny as I've gone, it's funny. It's a great comment from you, but as I've gone up the spiritual ladder, I don't care about what my testosterone is. Like, I, you know, I, I, I had my blood work done uh, two weeks ago and it's because my doctor, you know, is requiring it. And I hadn't had my blood work done, you know, since September of 2019, like right when I got back from Peru. And so I was like, okay, you know, I did it. You know, I, I do everything myself or whatever. I just do direct labs or private MD labs in the, in the States. And it came back and I, you know, I used the cream on my nuts and I didn't do it the night, the day before or that morning when I got drawn, I was fasted. My level was like 270, right? Which, you know, there's obviously a conspiracy to compress the standard mean deviations of laboratory ranges because they want men lower, more sub, you know, servile, you know, less masculine, less alpha, less testosterone-ish, whatever. But I was like, wow, that's like a fucking severe deficiency. And I feel like amazing. 
Like I can do anything, I, you know, sleep, go 24, 30 hours, you know, without sleep and still be fucking amazing, train like an animal. Um, you know, so it hit me that it was like, well, this is due to my spiritual work now. You know, I don't, it doesn't matter. And it's like, you know, you have this conversation with people that are not at you and our level. And, you know, we start talking about how, well, you know, your diet, you know, your microbiome and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, again, this is not real. What's real is the spirit inhabiting this physical vessel. So if you have such an awareness as a spirit being that you are all you need, you know, or want, you can literally manifest all the other things that are quote unquote seen in the realm of the material or necessary in the realm of the material. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But again, dude, that this is a conversation like, if you publish that, most people have no idea what we just talked about and cannot understand that or have any awareness. I mean, you know, an average bro who's trying to get his testosterone optimized because he's working with a quack doctor who's got him on six other medications and an AI compressing his brain, you know, they just want to feel like what I'm saying, you know, like amazing, you know, and it's like, they're nowhere even in the realm of getting to amazing because they don't have any spiritual practice already. You know, their, their idea of spirituality is going to church on Sundays. Yeah. But they find it attractive. Like they find the spiritual talk that we talk about very attractive because obviously for thousands and thousands of years, the spiritual connecting to your highest self being present, whatever you want to call it, right? There's so many different yeah. labels, just being conscious. Um, People find it so attractive because it's been a massive integral part of humans' life for since history. Like I read a lot of old school. Obviously, you read an, a, millions of books. <laughs> I read a lot of old books and I study even just reading like Joseph Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Sure. Just talks about you know the, the tribes for the past thousands of years and hundreds of years and all in their culture of just how important having that spiritual practice is like even in Japan, like people still like, and they're a very high regarded society. They're like the highest of the tech. They're really switched on. They pray every day. They do some sort of like, not exactly like pray to gods, but they have time where they sit in front and write about their family and, and take that time right. to like meditate. Yep. Mm. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, do you want to? Do you want to just keep going, or do you want to like start this formally? Or? Oh, we'll just keep going. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I, think okay, cool. I didn't know. I hit, rec- okay, cool. I hit right recording, and I was like, "Well, let's just keep going." <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, and you can obviously edit it, but um, you know, the reality is, is that when we come into a physical vessel, we have chosen the veil of forgetfulness, right? So, whatever was our previous life, our previous incarnation, our previous existence, regardless of like what it was, what it is, how we interpret it. We chose at a soul level to come into a physical body and under the amnesia slash veil of we can't remember what we just did in the past life because coming into physical, you know, the game is evolving and growing the soul. So if the soul remembered, you know, every single time, uh, what would be the game? There wouldn't be a game. There would be no challenge because again, we're evolving through contrast, or at least we hope to evolve through contrast. And, you know, I always say this to people who knows how old my soul, your soul, it's my belief. And I hate using the word belief. It's more of an awareness or a knowing, but, um, you know, cause when you say belief, you can say B E capital L I E lowercase F, right? So the lie is the focus, but believing and knowing are two separate things, but in, in the truth, 
of what I have come to figure out, you know, through my mind, my mindfulness training, my stillness, whatever you want to call it. Um, an advanced soul wakes up somewhere between 20 and 40 in an incarnation. So how that happens, you know, there's a lot of, you know, back and forth. People think they have a dark night, you know, of the soul, they attempt suicide, they have an experience. You know, there's a guy that I've done podcasts with who's in um, uh, Norway, or now he's actually now in Bali. His name is Bjorn Lundberg, amazing guy, literally amazing guy, a little bit older than me. Came over to Venice Beach when he was in his 20s to become a professional bodybuilder, looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, did everything, you know, drugs, women, uh, did trained A-list celebrities, Schwarzenegger. He actually trained, um, uh, not what's his name, um, Sylvester Stallone. Anyway, amazing guy. And then he became, you know, a yogi. So he's gone through all these things in his life, but his awakening was he drove a car 175 miles an hour wanting to kill himself and he survived the crash and he got out of the crash. And the first person on the scene was, uh, uh, I guess, a off-duty cop. This is over in his native country, some Scandinavian country. And the guy looked at him and said, what's your name? And he was like, my name's Bjorn. And he goes, you might want to change that name because whoever just survived that crash isn't you, bro. That's what he said. And he said he took that, you know, at that point in his life and completely rebuilt himself and, and became a different person. So, you know, his theory is that we all actually have incarnations within incarnations. So essentially you can physically, you know, incarnate, you know, as a baby in your mom's womb and your dad and you're raised in that house. And then, you know, as you go through decades and stages of your life, you literally have different incarnations based on what happens to you. So again, I think that this spiritual awakening that really, really older souls have is somewhere between 20 and 40. And I'll also say this, and I've posted about this on Twitter and got some really a lot of engagement on this. The Egyptians did not allow an initiate for the mystery schools to even apply until they were 40. So they had to have four decades of physical life to be considered for even applying. And, you know, if you know anything about the mystery school adepts, dude, it was the most insane. I mean, no one made it, you know, you'd have to like literally be able to hold your breath underwater for like two, you know, three minutes, four minutes or whatever, and then come up and be like scared shitless by like things of Anubis. I mean, you know, the, anything about the mystery schools was like, they only took the elite of the elite, right? The mystery schools are obviously, well, the, the mystery schools is what became the secret societies. And then the secret societies are all scams anyway. Now it's just like an indoctrination to take people's money. There's only a very few people at the top of every secret society that are actually illumined and actually know, you know, the what I call the, they're the keepers of the sacred flame. So the, the planet now is, you know, so far gone from a standpoint of like, who is who that you would never know. Everything is trapdoor, uh, you know, compartmentalized secrecy. There's no way. Even though, you know, all the governments of the world, right? Like all of the militaries and the governments and the political side. And then you got the, the black budget operations. That is all compartmentalized. Nobody knows anything because of the way they keep it. There's always like maybe a couple of people that know everything, but you would never know who they are because you would never meet them. They just, they're in the veil of secrecy, but, you know, back to the spiritual aspect of things, um, 
People like us have been around a long time, Corey, a long time. We have, we are ancient. You know, I told you that movie. I don't know if you saw it yet with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that movie is a giant Easter egg to tell us what the fuck is going on. And you know, it's, this is not a coincidence, by the way, that you and I are having this podcast last night, because last night we had a, I had a crazy day at work yesterday, worked until like 8.45. We went and got sushi. Thank God they served us because they closed at nine. Um, it came back and I was like, I just had this like flash through me to like watch Doctor Strange, you know, the Marvel comic book, because there's the scene which is in truth to me, the greatest scene in the history of Hollywood slash television slash the movies, as far as the glimmer of what is happening as a spirit being, right? When like the, the ancient one punches Dr. Strange in the heart and sends his astral body out of his physical body. And then he hurdles through time and space for three or four minutes. And, and it's in, and, and, and remember this was in 2016 when this movie came out. So we're not now, we're not five years later where people were much more spiritual. They're much more aware about this. I remember going to the theater and seeing that movie that I'm a big Marvel comic dork, right? Now I was already on the path, but a person that was mentoring me who's very advanced, who's now passed, God rest his soul, Gerald Clark. Um, when I got back home from the movie, I said, Gerald, I said, this movie is the golden cipher. He's like, Jay, I'm not, he lived in Mexico. He was like a, uh, almost a hermit, just kind of had walked away from society, had like 40 patents in micro circuits and lasers. One of the smartest people that ever walked the planet was the guy that actually created Monday night football beamed across the planet so that anyone could watch it. And he's now just this advanced, you know, being who's written books on the Anunnaki. I mean, he's just insane. So I messaged him and I said, dude, you take your wife, fucking drive a hundred miles wherever. Cause he lived in like a jungle outpost in Mexico. Again, he was off grid and watched the movie. And he was like, you, if I do this, you better be right. So he came back and was like, Oh my God. And I said, yeah, dude. Oh my God. Right now, obviously again, that movie's five years old. Um, and I watched it last night with my two daughters and my bonus daughter, my, my wife's last biological, who's a freshman in college, who's being forced potentially as a soccer player to get this bullshit. So we're dealing with that. Um, and I said, I want you guys to watch this scene and I want you then each of you to summarize what's going on. I mean, I literally, it just blew up. It was just came out of nowhere. I'm like, we're watching this scene, you know, cause I own the movie and, I even brought my wife in and my wife is very spiritually advanced, Corey, you know, and she already knows all this stuff, but she, you know, we, we watched it together and then each of them gave a separate explanation. Now my 11 year old definitely does not understand it as well as the 18 year old and the 13 year old, but it was mind blowing for me to watch three different levels or generations. Not really. They're all in the same generation, but you know, a 19 year old girl, a 13 year old girl, 11 year old girl, and I can tell you, dude, the whole point of this story, besides that amazing scene and that reveal of, you know, the astral versus the physical is that beings right now are waking up, bro. Like the consciousness of humanity is massively quickly spiking, spiking. And because that conversation with those young girls would never have happened five years ago. And as you know, you can only really have that conversation with the younger people. Now you're under the age of 30. You can't go to my parents or 
maybe your parents, because they're probably just a little bit older than mine, but you can't go to older generations of society and have this conversation. You can't even ask them. They think that's just sci-fi, you know, pop entertainment. It's ludicrous. It has nothing to do with religion, you know, because they don't understand spirituality. And I know I'm not speaking for everyone, but for the large majority of the baby boom population, they're based on Abrahamic religious teachings, Judaism, Catholicism, Christianity, uh, you know, if they're Islamic, Muslim. So, I mean, it's all the same. It's all from the same cut from the same cloth, the same tree, you know, it's all engineered. Um, so you can't have that conversation, but like people are waking up, dude. Like I cannot even believe that my 11 year old was able to explain it to me in the way that she did. Now she wasn't exactly right, but she was good enough for me to say that she's better than my dad. Who's a genius. My dad is a genius. He's a you know, massive high IQ guy, successful, retired, multimillionaire, but he is not even at 200 on the line of consciousness. He's not at the line of integrity. He doesn't understand this stuff. He doesn't get it. But I still love him and I don't judge him and I accept it. It is what it is. It's just an allowance and an acceptance that there are certain generations of people that don't get what we get. Right. And maybe they got to come back, bro. Maybe they have to do you know another journey, another go round. I don't know. What was but your can... like moment of when you sort of switched? Because obviously you focused, you, you wrote a couple of books, you were coaching like crazy. And then it's, it's sort of all like just a thought. I may be wrong here, but it was sort of like you worked on yourself so much that you put yourself in a position to allow yourself to start. Yeah. thinking about and, and going down the spiritual path. So what was like that moment for you? So it's a simple answer, but a lengthy answer to get to your answer that you're asking. Um, so at six, I tell people this all the time. I ran out of the back of Catholic church and my dad chased me out of the back. Where are you going? And I said, I'm leaving here, not coming back to that cult. <laughs> so I literally knew at that early of an age that like, whoa, shit ain't what it seems. But then from that point, as I call myself a seeker, reading all these books, I went through the stages of like, okay, I was raised Catholic. And see, here's something to talk about. Most people don't talk about this. But remember, the book, The Four Agreements, talks about this. You come in, you incarnate you, you, as a soul. You likely, you know, and it's my assumption, you choose your parents for whatever their awareness is and what they're going to give you. Sometimes you choose their parents just because they're going to challenge you. Like I know my mom and dad challenged me my whole life still do. And that's why I chose them. And it took a long time to figure that out. But you as a soul are choosing your parents and your initial breaking for some sort of, again, evolution and growth, but you as a physical body don't have any say in the matter. Hmm. Right. So if you're raised as a Catholic or you're raised as a Protestant or you're raised as a Jew or whatever, that's what it is, right? So you have to now go down the path to get out of this captivity or subjectivity that you've been forced into to get. But, you know, my life went from Catholicism, cult, to in high school, like agnostic, like what the hell's going on? And then literally to college where I was like, you know, trained by liberal academics who basically convinced me that there was no God, you know, nihilism. I remember reading Christopher Hitchens book, God is not great. Thinking this is genius. And then, you know, in my twenties realizing that, fuck, I don't know anything, but I want to find out more. And so then I went down literally bro, the path of it's aliens. You know, then it was like, you know, Anunnaki, you know, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, the creators, the geneticists. And then 
about early to mid 30s, I started using pure MDMA. I started taking psilocybin. Hadn't started my plant medicine journeys, but that was when I was like, uh oh, latent DNA is firing on. I don't even know what latent DNA is at that time. By the way, for the science dorks that watch this, they're called introns, I N T R O N S. That is your junk DNA. There's nothing junk about your DNA. It's been detuned, turned off, whatever. But those drugs were gateways. And I started to feel and sense and things that were like, what the fuck? So then I started reading really deep spiritual philosophy. People like Walter Russell, people like this guy, Dr. David Hawkins, people like Neville Goddard, uh, Joseph, I forget the guy, the guy that wrote the book that was the basis of Neville Goddard's uh, speaking. Uh, what was his book called? I can't remember. There's many, many, many spiritual philosophers. And I started to realize that um, being a human being was so multifactorial and so all encompassing that like you couldn't just claim to have like one understanding of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, that point, I also started to go down this horrific path of destruction because in my 30s, I was a multimillionaire. I lived in my ego. It was all about, I'm going to retire at 40 with 10 million in the bank. <laughs> yeah. I have all these things. And that had to meet its ending. And it met its ending at 40, coming home literally at 40. For my 40th birthday, I came home to my house and I lived in a big, essentially a palatial estate in Red Rock Country Club in Las Vegas. <clears throat> and my wife, ex now ex-wife, but wife at the time, left me a birthday card and said, I took the girls and we're gone. So from that moment, <clears throat> and my daughters at that time were three and one in like 12 months, 14 months, I think. From that moment, it was, bro, the next year was a... a, a a dumpster fire on top of a train crash. I mean, you can't even ima imagine all of the shit that I quote unquote lost to gain everything, right? Which was the awareness that all of those things, materialism meant nothing. But I had to have that burning of all of that to get to the place where I was like, okay, now nothing's left. What next? Right. And then from that point, um, I got divorced at 41 in uh it was final in two in february of 2012 and one month later i did 5-meo dmt now in my 5-meo dmt experience it was phenomenal it was it was it was, it was absolutely amazing and, you know it seemed like it was like a day but it was only a you know, 30 minute or whatever as long as it lasts but i cried and i was in a very big circle by the way with a guy Again, it's so funny how this all works out. Who's now one of the most famous administrators. He hates to call himself a shaman because he's not. He's not a trained shaman, but he's a trained administrator. He's been involved in all the books. I can't say his name, obviously, but a brilliant, brilliant guy. And uh, he said to me at that point in the time in his life, and again, this is literally in 2012, so almost 10 years ago, he was like blown away, like how moved I was. And he was just like, brother, he said, you know, you, you, you really just released probably generations of trauma in your family, right? Because all I did was cry, bro. I mean, I woke up and I was saturated. Like I had been hit with a, 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 an ocean wave. And then I look around, you know, coming out of the, you know, uh, source field 
And I'm looking at all the people in the room and they're all crying and sobbing hysterically, men and women, literally. So the energy that I released went into the biofields, you know, the orc fields of everyone in the room. And they all came up to me and they hugged me. They were like, brother, that was so profound and blah, blah, blah. And again, dude, remember, I still, I went to do this with a very famous person who cannot, again, speak about, if you hear some of my other podcasts, I have mentioned who it is. I've left quizzes and then a shaman. And we went to experience, you know, this, to see, and we weren't like pure doubter, doubting Thomases, but we were definitely skeptical and incredulous as far as like what was going to happen. Um, <laughs> one month later, now remember my kids are kidnapped, just got divorced. So actually the, the, um, the journey was at the end of February, I got divorced. So it was two weeks, it was like two weeks later, I had the experience from the divorce one month later, which I had a really good job, which I somehow kept my job through what happened to me. My ex and her boyfriend set me up. They made up all these charges. They said I beat her up. I had to go to jail. I had all these felony charges against me. Everything was fabricated. But to make a long story short, my company finally laid me off. They and they they you know they literally cut my head off. They flew me into Santa Monica, California for our corporate strategic meetings. And then they, I was going up the stairs to meet with everybody. This is the last remaining physical material part of my existence. Start going upstairs, and I'm like, why am I not going to where the meeting is? And then boom, you know, they take you to the top floor, and there's HR, and there's the security guard, and then they say, Jay, it's been real. Thank you. And I sit down, right? And I sit down with the gal who's running HR, who I literally hired for the company one year later or one year previously. She's crying. I've never had to do this before, right? So they were literally sacking me because. The, fe the, uh, the felony charges that I had been charged with were dropped. So once those were dropped, I couldn't sue, you know, for wrongful termination or anything like that from a civil rights standpoint. So they literally put this contract out in front of me and say, hey, well, you have six months of commissions and you have all of your salespeople that you manage, which was like 26. If you sign right here. If you don't, you can sue us, but you won't get anything. But, you know, you're gone anyway. So, I mean, what am I going to do, bro? I mean, I needed the money. My kids were kidnapped from me. I was paying alimony and child support and all that shit. So, I was like, so I got railroaded, came home. Actually, didn't come home right away. Had to go to the airport to fly me back because I'm still living in Vegas in this giant house that my <laughs> ex-wife ex and kids were gone. I mean, that was a horrible. I could write a book on that experience because I was in that house for five and a half months with no one but myself. I lost like 26 pounds. I was using like 15 milligrams of Adderall in the morning just to wake up, bro, just to survive. And because um, without my daughters was a nightmare for me. It was yeah. the lowest point. I got home, flew in, and, and, and uh, I got a call. I went to the gym. So I'm like now at my lowest point. And my brother called me just out of the blue. I have no idea how he found out. Um, that I lost my job. And he said, you are a, you know, he's like, you're the biggest waste of a human being. I cannot fucking believe you. you. You've wasted your life. And I was like, you know, I'm sitting there listening to him and I'm like, oh, thanks, bro. You know, so I'm about to go, I'm getting so fucking like, this is, it's, you know, it's bringing back to me. So I'm about to go into the gym and that call like fragmented my hard drive, my operating system. And dude, I swear to God, you know, I was driving a BMW 535. I got in my car drove slowly out of the parking lot and I got on Silverado Boulevard in Las Vegas in a very main intersection. And I shit you not, Corey, I went like 85 miles an hour and closed my fucking eyes and took my hands off the steering wheel. 
you know, in this busy intersection. Now, granted, it was late at night. It was like 11 o'clock, 11.15 or something like that. So thankfully, it wasn't totally congested. Something tapped me on my shoulder, bro. Swear to God, angel, whatever you want to call it. And was like, wake up. And I grabbed the steering wheel and I turned the car to the right. And I you know, was able to lock up the brakes and get into the shoulder and not run into anybody and keep myself alive. And then I sat there for literally 20 minutes shaking. Like I was holding my legs, right? But I realized that that was my second chance, that God, the angels, whatever you want to call it, divine intervention saved me. And it was like, okay, now it's time to get real. Because the first part of my life was purposeful in ego, money, materialism. Now, here I am at 42. My kids are kidnapped from me. I'm single. I don't have a job. Pretty much losing everything because I left my my house. I moved out of my house a, a month later um what's next and it was at that moment you know in the next two months i moved out of my house i moved in with a friend in vegas in an apartment and then i realized i couldn't get a job because i still had these charges you know open even though the felony stuff was dropped so i had to call up my buddy and swallow my pride who was like one of my best friends who owned auto dealerships in la and said hey dude i i got I got to write a check every month for $4,200, including, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? alimony, child support and insurance, health insurance for my kids, even though I can't see them. I need a job and I can't pass a background test because I can't, you know, there's, yeah. I got these charges, even though they're fabricated. And he was like, I mean, I was so humiliated making this call to him, dude. Mm. And he was like, bro, I would hire you any day, twice on Sunday. He's like, get back here. He says, I'll create a fucking job in my dealership. He knew how smart and talented I was. So he was, I was like, you know, I was like, thank you, man. You have no idea. I'm like rock bottom. So I came back to California. This is in 2012 in June. And four months later, dude, I met my current wife five months later on match.com, you know, online dating site. And she was a very powerful, spiritually advanced and intuitive woman. And she, I was so moved by her empowered, the empowered aspect of her being that I literally wanted to just like, I wasn't in, a, I, I could not get in a relationship, dude. I was broken. I hated women. I tell people this all the time. Like I, my goal was literally to have sex with three different women in a 24 hour period. That's how fucked up I was. I was gone. And when I met her, she was so enlightened to me from her, uh, happiness, her state of joy. She was a being in joy that I was like, this is not possible. First, it was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to keep her. You know, I'm a good looking guy with a six pack. Right. But I got no money. I got nothing else. Now my, my wealth is gone. My physical material thing is gone. Um, you know, and she's this powerful empowered being. And she was, by the way, a very successful real estate agent, you know, and again, this is a match.com meeting. And so my go- my goal is like, just date or just observe. Maybe I can learn what it's like. Because, dude, in our first conversation, shit you not, I said to her after she got done talking, and by the way, I rolled up and just verbal diarrhea all over her telling her my story. <laughs> you know, like, dude, this is what it's happened doing, to me yeah. in the last That's year. That sacred feminine energy will light blah, 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 you blah, up. Blah, blah, blah. Bro, it was verbal diarrhea. And then she listened to me and she was like, wow, well, my, my story's not as exciting you know is yours but here's mine and so 10 minutes later i swear to god i looked at her and i was like wait a minute you, you generally she's like yeah and everybody and i was like oh my god right because i was like in the dating scene in la for the last four months on match.com and i was broken 
so in a long rambling way that I've never shared with anybody before in that capacity, like her empowered sense of being pushed me to really look inward and to start the path. Because the first thing that she said to me in the second date, no, it was the third date that we had. And by the way, she lived on one part of LA and I lived in the other part of LA and bro, I was living, living in a 213 square foot studio apartment that I was paying way too much money for. Um, she said, dude, you have this amazing body. You take all this conscious care of how you look and that, what are you doing for your, you know, your spiritual fitness, you know, your inner game. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Right. I mean, I always read books on seeking and I was very advanced consciously, but I wasn't working on my inner game. So she taught me, she said, read these three books. You know, she got me the Don, Don Miguel Ruiz, the mastery of love is audio books. This is kind of going back a long time or audio tapes, right? Cause there were still cassette tapes in cars or no, it, was, it wasn't cassette tapes. It was CDs, but you know, now nobody has CDs, but literally over the next three months, I just read the things that she said to read and listen to the things she did and dude, it made a profound change in me. And then in November, she asked me to go to a, a real estate conference in Miami now I had a job working in a car dealership where I was working six days a week. And, you know, but where I was, I couldn't just like ask for time off. I'd only been there for four months, but she was like, just ask your boss. He's your friend. Tell him how important this is. And then tell him at the end that you may go see your daughters. Cause my daughters were in Tampa, Florida. And they, again, I was not allowed to speak to them. I was not allowed to see them. This is now going on like 14 months, bro. It was a nightmare for me. She said, look, give me your ex-wife's number. I'll call her. She's not going to know who I am. She's not, she's not going to not answer it. I'll ask her if I come with you, can he, can he see them? And then I'll tell him what, how devastated you are and how you cry to me all the time. Cause dude, I was, I would cry whenever I think of my cry. And somehow my ex at the time who hated me and was obviously, we were still in this like non-amicable relationship. She said, okay. So we went to Miami, spent two days with, in Miami at this real estate conference. And then we rented a car and we rolled up from Miami to Tampa, which is like a three and a half hour drive. And I saw my daughters and it was the game changer for me, dude. I sometimes want to cry when I just think about it. But my baby daughter, who's now a year later, she's like two years and four months. She didn't know who I was. So I was like, fuck, dude. I mean, I was in a, a parking lot of a Denny's restaurant. So it was like a mutual drop off, like. My ex had a woman with the girls and then me and Monica, my wife, to meet them. And it was like, dude, it it restored my energy and frequency to see them. It was like I got a part of my spirit back. But when Gabby, my baby, didn't know who I was, I was fucking sideways, dude. I was just like, I mean, I just went into the restaurant. We sat there and I was just crying, you know, with my hand on my head like this. Like, you know, how could this have happened? But just fast forward, dude. You know, uh, two months later, I decided to move in with Monica, uh, even though it was stupid. We'd only been dating for three months and I didn't know her other than like what I had seen or how empowered she was. And I, you know, I have all this baggage and she had baggage too. She had just been divorced about a year and a half before and had three kids, but we decided to do it. And as I say, the rest is history. You know, we've done all these amazing things together. She brought me into her real estate company. You know, she knew I was a marketing guru slash genius, especially from a digital standpoint. She's like, you don't understand all the things you do is what I need. All you have to do is just insert your tactics and we'll blow up. And 
I tell people this all the time, like no background in real estate. In the first year that we worked together, we made close to a million dollars. Now you got to understand, bro. I came back to California with like $6,000 to my name in a Roth IRA. Not, I had nothing. I tell people I have my clothes. I had a U-Haul, a, a small U-Haul, a plasma TV, which obviously is meaningless. What the fuck did I have that for? And I had a lazy boy. I had a black leather lazy boy, a plasma TV. Oh, and I had my exercise bike, which by the way, was done. But I, that, that's, what, that's what allowed me to survive in the time that I was without my daughters because I just rode that every morning uh, for an hour. You know, I, I literally looked like Christian Bale, bro. What was that movie where he got shredded, but he looked like he yeah. was dying? Yeah. That's what I looked like. I mean, I literally, I'm telling you, I wasn't sleeping. I would wake up in the middle of the night, like in cold sweat, shaking. Where are my kids? You know, it was, fuck God. But everything is, you know, in time and perseverance, everything came back and we built this amazing life together. I mean, it wasn't easy. Don't get me wrong. Cause you know, she had three kids and her ex is not, not all the best. And of course you're dealing with mine. And so we've somehow like, you know, managed it all together. And so, you know, fast forward now, almost 10 full years. And I have, you know, both of my daughters live with us full time. Monica, my my wife raises them. You know, their mom is still who she was, a Disneyland mom, barely involved, other side of the country. But one of the things that Monica told me, Corey, was that she's like, I'm telling you, I'm a mega manifester. We're going to have the kids back. They're going to be with you. And I literally looked at her like she was crazy. I mean, I wasn't allowed to send a fucking email to my ex because of all the court stuff. You know, you send her a text, you email her, you do anything. You even have a friend call her for you. They open up the charges. They fucking, you know, throw everything back against you. And you're dealing with more court fees and more bullshit and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, like, dude, I did not ever communicate. The only time I communicated was when she would text me at the end of the month saying, where the fuck is my money? I'm not kidding you. That was my life. So there were times where I was like, you know what, I I want to I want to say, can I talk to the girls? But I knew if I said that, bro, all she would have to do is show that text from me to her attorney, who would then show it to the court, and I'm done. Yeah, fucking done. You know, I went. I left a lot of this out I, when I went to jail when they set me up. I was in jail for six days in Clark County Detention Center on the 11th floor, which is armed robbers and murderers. Okay. Crips, bloods, the whole nine. And because again, I'm being charged with domestic violence, which is all made up anyway, but that's where you go to the the violent offenders. So I saw shit in six days up there. Uh, And by the way, Las Vegas has a no cooling off policy for domestic violence charges, which means you go in, you're in there for 72 hours before they let you make a phone call. And then the weekend, the court calendar's closed. So her boyfriend, which I didn't even know, was in law enforcement. And so they set me up. I went in on Saturday morning and I couldn't get out till Wednesday night. And in those five days that I was in, dude, they looted our bank accounts. They did everything you could imagine, you know. So it was it was a very interesting experience, like I said, from my 41th year for the next like tw- 21 months. And that's when, in, in a long, you know, convoluted way to tell you that I have my spiritual awakening. And so I tell people I've had two dark nights of the soul. The first one was I tried to kill myself. And then the second one was the first MEO experience. Because the first MEO experience, even though it happened before I tried to kill myself, was the 
cathartic breakthrough of like letting it all go. And I know that I had fucking tons of ancestral trauma. Bro, I grew up in a family where I saw my mom stab my dad in the shoulder with a steak knife, right? So, I mean, I, I had trauma. I mean, it's not a big deal. Everybody has it. But I just came from a very violent family who was violent before that. You know, so, I mean, it's like I've seen shit. So I'm sure I was carrying that burden in this lifetime until I let it go. Which is, yeah, dude, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story and and by like getting into the nitty gritty and, and being animated and feeling the feelings as well like that was well thank you for bringing fantastic. it out to me it's it's i am pretty actually emotional right now about it. <laughs> yeah so like I it's really it's that. really good it's really good that i was able to let it go thank you yeah yeah no and it's it's just quite fantastic like as as you were talking and sharing that story i was just reflecting on a whole bunch of things in my own life in terms of just like oh okay there's certain parts here where Obviously, ego's been running the show, and obviously, yeah. everyone goes through this, this certain little periods of your life where it's like, well, they're challenges and tests, and they're all sort of to to get you to where you're supposed to be, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be now, which is like sort of fascinating to see this big old circle and a whole bunch of circumstances to 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 get you here, um, just at like your your best self, which is which is amazing. What would you recommend people? I say people because there's a lot of people out there that, especially Australians, that everyone's got their own trauma. But there's a lot of people that haven't gone through, you know, some of the crazy stuff that you have. Like it's 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 nuts. But people really want to start down the spiritual journey, or or want to start waking up, or get invested into this stuff to start feeling better. What would you encourage them to like practically and tangibly? What would you encourage them? to start either thinking, learning, doing, or trialing? So the first, it's a great question, and thanks for asking it. Um, the issue is, so it's, it's a compartmentalized answer because first off, the person has to be willing to deal with and integrate their trauma. Most people are so ingrained in the drama of the trauma. <laughs> no, it's true that yeah, they- their, their, their livability is based on the drama and until they can get to a place and, and I'll steal this from my, my wife's father, who is a 37 year recovering drug and alcohol addict. You know, he's a 12 steps, uh, alcoholics anonymous, amazing human being. His name is Hank Chamberlain. His comment is until people become sick and tired of being sick and tired are not going to change. And that is absolutely the best way to look at it. So to your question, if a person knows that they have trauma and they want to integrate it, they want to heal from it. The first step is reading the book, Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins. It's an absolutely profound book uh, that I highly recommend people read because it's a very beginner's book of teaching people about, you know, essentially the universe, spirituality, what your soul really is about, you know, who you are. Again, you're not a body, you're a spirit being in a body. So it's like that book is a very lay baby, you know, neophyte step to getting into a place where like you can start seeing things from a different perspective. And then after that, 
And again, a lot of people can't even read that book. You know, I hear from people all the time. They message me and they're like, you know, dude, I really attempted to read it. I read like 50 pages and I just can't do it. it I'm not ready. And I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to be ready. You will be ready at some point. And when that time comes, then you read that book again. But to me, and I've read, as you know, a lot of books, there's a lot of great early spiritually inclined books. That's the best one because it's truly written from the standpoint of like, I know nothing. Teach me. So that book, if you get through that book and now you're like in a whole different state of being, and again, quantify that book for people that don't know what this is. Dr. Hawkins quantified and calibrated the fields of consciousness. So the zero down here, all the way up to a thousand, zero being the lower energies, the lower chakras, the lower vibratory fields on up into the higher states of existence or vibration or awareness or consciousness or however you want to see it. So he was like literally the first person to calibrate it. And I don't want to go into a lengthy esoteric discussion of how this means, but yeah. Essentially, they use a technology called muscle testing or applied kinesiology to test whether statements are strong or weak. And so in doing that, very advanced people and beings who understand this can test things that are strong or weak. And obviously, this this map has words, right? So like forgiveness tests at 350. You know, anger is 150. The line of integrity is 200. Okay. This is where a conscious being, a human, and, and, by, and by the way, I always, in my podcast, when I go down this path, I always talk about dogs and how they are more conscious than most humans. And I'll explain in a second. But until you, as a human being, leave the ego mind, which is in most instances service to self, you cannot rise above the line of integrity. Now, Here's here's how here's a very lay way for people to explain or understand what it means to be over the line of integrity. This is crazy, but it's true. <clears throat> um, if you've ever been involved in an accident or a place in a public setting with a lot of people where a horrible things happen, a heart attack victim, a, uh, a convulsion, an epileptic seizure. You can even be driving down the freeway and you see a car on fire and you see somebody trapped in the car, whatever. If you're ever involved in one of those situations, and this is crazy when I say this, but it's true. Most people, Corey, will stop their car if they're driving down the road or if they're in the mall or they're in the concert venue or the stadium or whatever, and they'll observe, but they won't render assistance. Now, do you know what they'll do? Mm. They'll pull out their camera and they'll start videotaping. Now, if you're one of those people, and that's 80%, by the way, that's 80% of humanity, that's muscle tested, that's applied kinesiology, that is a fact. You are not above the line of integrity because you are in service to self. You care about you. That 80% of people will say, but Jay, I'm not a trained CPR assistant, or I'm not a doctor. Or I'm not blah, 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 blah. But that's the thoughts of a person who is in singular focus of themselves. Now, a person who is in service to creation, mankind, others, humanity, 
is above the line of integrity, which is again, 200 calibrated on the scale, that person runs to the aid of the person in, 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 in suffering, in dying, in, in tragedy, in whatever, and offers assistance no matter what. Now, this is crazy stuff, and, and I talk about this to people because they really don't think that, but most people, and this is where we're going to get deep right now, live in fear consciousness. So when you are in fear consciousness, which is victimhood, which is, it's not my fault. I didn't have a good upbringing. My mom and daddy didn't love me enough. I didn't get that job because of it. Blah, blah, blah. It's not your fault. Those people are not empowered, sovereign, and free. They are in fear. Fear of anything. Fear of dying. Fear of COVID. Fear of you name it, right? They're in fear. So when you are in control, you are controlled consciously through a low vibratory rate of fear. And again, look where fear is on the gate on the scale. I forget, can't even find it right now. Sorry, it's 100, right? 100. You cannot react as a high vibrational being because fear actually locks up you. You are in locked emotion. You are your heart center is blocked. Your chakras are completely locked up, right? But that's where most people are. Now, Corey, why is that? Because again, the mainstream narrative, which I call the human central computer, which is the collective consciousness field of everything, is controlled by, you know, however we want to define the dark side. You know, I just like to say the lower energy fields. Yeah. Whether you want to call it the devil, Lucifer, Satan, Yaldabaoth, the Demiurg, the reptilians. You know, the Anunnaki dark side, whatever you want to call them. There's a million different names, a million different cultures. You know, the great Pierre Sabat calls them the seraphic reptilian beings. But at the end of the day, whoever is the dark side is keeping people's consciousness down here. So how do you get okay? your consciousness up? So you get your consciousness up by first realizing that you are not more important than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there an exercise that you recommend? It absolutely is. I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but just back to this, like when you are willing to save another person's life, you instantly are above the line of integrity. Okay. So you are a hundred percent willing to offer at the risk of your own life, aid and assistance to another person who may be dying, clearly struggling. And again, dude, I've been, and again, it's no coincidence. It's only synchronicities in the universe. I've been in a lot of these instances. I was literally in a mall when a guy went into a grand mall, epileptic seizure. It was a, but dude, it was Christmas holiday. It was like four days before Christmas. It was, you couldn't even walk. And I'm with my daughter, just me and her. It was like a last minute Christmas shopping trip. And the guy was, he was dying. And he rolled over and he couldn't breathe. You know, a grandma seizure, they have a histamine uh, response and everything seizes up and they can't breathe. So I grabbed him and I'm holding him and I'm tilting his airway. And I'm actually, I, I, I am trained in CPR, but I mean, you can't do anything for somebody like this. I'm holding him, I'm containing his airway. And I swear to you, bro, this was just literally a year ago. This was in 2019 before COVID, um, one month before the COVID, or two months before COVID. It was in December of 2019. And all I could look up is I'm yelling, help, call 911. I see all these fucking losers with their video cameras, videoing and whole thing. Bro, I literally wanted to get up and kill every one of them. I, you have no idea. Like I was in 
rage. I was like, you losers, fucking do something. At that point, you know, another person, above the line of integrity, came running over and said, I already called 911. I used to work in a hospital. I can stabilize this. Like, because he was like, you know, I mean, it was, dude, it was horrific. I, I don't even want to describe it to you. Okay. But it's just, it's mind blowing to know that so much of humanity is so concerned with themselves. And to not talk shit about them, they are, as you know, entrained by the narrative. The narrative is to keep people locked here. So to answer your question, it's simple. So the great Neville Goddard says, imagine your life as the wish fulfilled. So you can change from here in all aspects of your life sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of being in victimhood by stating it, I am not going to be in victimhood anymore and I am going to be sovereign and empowered and free and I am personally accountable and I am personally responsible for everything that happens to me. And at that moment, what you start to do is obviously you're taking ownership, but more importantly, the laws of quantum physics take over and you now start vibrating only the same types of people into your life because now I'm empowered and I'm sovereign and I am taking ownership. So, you know, you are, again, it's all energy and frequency. You are now going to see and attract those type of people into your life. Now, more actionable step would be literally whatever you do in your life. I don't care if you're a ditch digger, a janitor, or a CEO. You do it at your highest and best capacity in service to creation, which is everything. That's how you do it. It's simple. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with prestige. It has nothing to do with status. It has none of that. It's literally dedication to the all, which is, again, the collective consciousness of all life. It's not just humans. It's all life. Everything is conscious, bro. The planet is alive. This planet is just as alive as you and I. The trees, the mountains, the rocks, the streams, the insects, everything is conscious and sentient and therefore alive. So you have to have that awareness that when everything is alive, you're not going to be like, you know, killing bugs, littering. You're not going to be doing that because everything you have a grand reverence and respect for. Now, you asked me, what was the flip switch for me to become this guy? You know, because, you know, dude, I'm Jake Campbell, right? Like there aren't a lot of guys like me. You're not going to see Ben Greenfield talking like this, even though he is like this. He's not going to come out and on podcast and talk like this. So what made me talk like this is I went to Peru in July of 2019. And I was on the lake, Tipicaca, one of the seven wonders of the world, with my wife and my sales director for our real estate company, which I'm no, no longer even involved in, other than I look at the money uh, and the books, and his wife. And we made a ceremony on Lake Titicaca with an indigenous Chechuan uh, guide, did not do any plant medicine. And bro, God is my witness. The lake came alive and kissed us on the lips and instantly made every one of us cry. We were overwhelmed 
with emotion and tears. It, it was like the MEO experience. Yep. And it was the most amazing, profound thing. And on the ride back on the boat, because it's, you know, it's a huge lake to the um, bus, you know, for our guide, I told my wife, she was sitting right next to me. I'm like, Jay Campbell, the testosterone fasting optimization dude is dead. I'm going to become this guy. Okay. Now my wife loves me. She's like, sure, honey. Okay, great. But you know, when I, when I told my team and my crew, cause I had, you know, my website was TOT revolution, which was the number one website in the world for testosterone related information that I was doing this. They thought I was insane. And so, you know, this is, you know, I'm not a massive team. I'm not Ben Greenfield. Right. But I have like, you know, eight people that are involved and they're all like, you're fucking insane. You've got 23,000 unique visitors coming a month. You're just starting to build, you know, your name brand recognition is blowing up. You're the world's leading expert. I'm going to fuck all that. <laughs> this is what matters. <laughs> I mean, dude, I shit you not. If I, I would literally tell them, like, I don't care. Let <laughs> them <laughs> be. All of those guys. And by the way, there were plenty. There were plenty of guys who emailed me and said, bro, you jumped the shark, not following you anymore. And I literally would respond and send him an email and say, don't let the door hit you in the ass. I don't want you. You don't understand the purpose of life on planet earth. And so, you know, when people say, Jay, what is major vibration? It's very simple. I say, it's about raising human consciousness above the line of integrity. So that all of us give a shit about all of every one of us. Yeah. That you're not focused on yourself and how much money you're making and your car and how hot your girlfriend is or how hot your boyfriend is or your husband, your wife, all this nonsense that people are so caught up into this material bullshit that the left-hand path, the lower vibration energies focus up, up, I mean, push us into, they entrain us with all of these trappings. And so it's like, it, it, it was Corey, the energy of the lake made me lose all consciousness of well, what will people think of me? See, again, how many mega influencers right now, let's be honest, would, would be this guy right now? There aren't any. Do you know how many mega influencers literally send me messages saying, dude, I fucking love you? And I'm always like, you know, thanks. Because they want to be as crazy as I am in appearance and talk about these things, the things that matter, but they can't do it because of their audience, because of their millions of followers, their fans. They don't want the mainstream. They don't want, you know, left wing, you know, uh, materialistic people, sciences, as I call them, to laugh at them. And, you know, most people laugh at me. And, bro, you already know this. I mean, I've told you this. You know, talk to Danny Vega. Bro, I'm completely suppressed. Your this podcast, as good as this is, and this is profound shit, will be blocked. You will not be able to get any. My message is suppressed. You will not, whatever you put this out on, whatever venue or format, it will be blocked. It will be shadow banned. That is the way it is. I am not allowed to speak in this fashion. Now, somebody in the good side keeps me around because I don't lose my account. I don't know how I have 16,000 people following me on Twitter. I don't even know how I have 25,000 people following me on YouTube. The last year, 
YouTube sends me an email every month and says, you had zero subscribers last month. (laughs) So again, the game on planet Earth is how do we get here? I mean, how do we wake up to recognize that this is all that matters? And then what do we do with that awareness? Because again, this is very important. We, meaning me and you, cannot focus on attempting to awaken other people. That is spiritual violence. People choose to awaken. That's true. You and me and people like us can share our awareness, but we cannot proselytize and say, dude, wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like that is on the human being itself. So yeah, I do uh, podcasts like this with amazing people like you who also have the courage and the transparency to talk about this because few will do this. Danny Vega is one. You know, Danny Vega is now out of the closet. He's like me. Look at the shit he's writing about. God, I love that guy, by the way. But look yeah. what he's writing about now. He's talking about what's going on in Cuba. Nobody's going to take a stand on that. Dude, I have been talking about this publicly now for fucking three years. I don't give a shit. I'm swearing. I don't like to swear. It's low vibration, but I'm saying it for emphasis to be emphatic. I don't care. I put things on Twitter that like very high level people message me in private tweets saying, dude. And they're like, you you know, I'm like, dude, yeah, right back. Dude, like what? (laughs) They don't even have the balls. Very influential people. You know, so it's like, we're at this place now, Corey. You know, today, I don't know when you're going to run this, but it's obviously the last day of July, 2021. The world is literally in the balance right now. Let's be honest. You're in Australia. Your fucking country is a sham, draconian, locked out. The United States is right behind you now. And they're already telling us, hey, man, in two weeks, we're going to lock you guys down again. Right? So what does that mean? Like, who is going to take this at this point, knowing what last year was about knowing what they've done to us at the beginning of this year, knowing it's all bullshit, you know, 20 different COVID variants. I mean, come on, bro. who thinks this stuff again, who does is people locked here or scared to death of everything who have no awareness of the soul and the spirit in their body. Now, also, I want to talk about this on this podcast and pick me off whenever you want. People have to do an erect a recognition that God, which is the energy and frequency of creation, you want to know what God is? Do 5-M-E-O. You will be taken into the field of consciousness, the source field, the field of creation. God is not in a robe on a golden chalice sitting in the sky as the religious, you know, Abrahamic religious teachings and even the Eastern religious teachings brainwash people into believing because again, all of those are created by man to disillusion you and to rob you of your quote unquote currency, whatever that is. Right. So if a person, as you know, you know, meditates, contemplates, introspects, goes into nature, grounds, whatever, whatever you got to do to get into that stillness, and you do that regularly, you will know who and what God is pretty fast. You know, and sure, plant medicine is a nice little hack for people who are not down here 
You do not want to be down here and take plant medicine because the plant slash the toad venom is an amplifier. You're in fear. Guess what's coming back? In droves, more fear. So there are many ways to understand what quote unquote God is. You know, another way I tell people this all the time, you want to experience God. Go lay down in the middle of a giant grass field with insects and trees and streams and whatever, wild outback nature, and listen to the buzzing of the life, the sentient life. And that is God. Dude, I can literally go into my backyard at any moment in time and do a resonant tonality or intonation and literally, and again, this is from a lot of work and practice, generate the sound of that force field, which I have as a kind of an awareness because I've done 5-MEO four times. And now I'm not a chaser. I don't do anything uh, other than the last time I did it was because my wife had never done it. And I wanted to do it with her because I love her so much. You know, the second time I did it was because the first time I was like, wow, if I'm going to have this kind of a cathartic awakening and experience, I'll do it again. I didn't get that. But that's because I wasn't where I needed to be in surrender to the greater good of humanity when I did that. Now, when I did this one, which by the way, was no coincidence, also in December of 2019, which was my last trip and will never happen. I'll never do another trip. I don't care who talks me into doing anything. It doesn't matter. I have people that are like, dude, let's do it at your house. You know, I have all these people, again, name band people who want to do it. You know, they know I know a lot about this stuff. And I'm like, no, not playing with that game. I have been to the mothership. I got what I needed. I'm in respect and reverence of the mothership. I don't need to play that game, right? A lot of people do, bro. You know, they chase the high. They chase the experience that I've got more to learn. They're going to teach. She's going to teach me more. I mean, you know, you hear it all. And again, I had no judgment for those people, but my deal is I got what I needed. I'm walking my path. I'm serving my purpose. I'm focusing on helping people learn to understand that it's important for them to also raise their consciousness because dude, and we can end this on this unless you want to go deeper and you have more questions. But (laughs) what people under have to understand is as you personally, because here's what, here's the biggest pushback. Okay, dude, but you're just one guy, right? That's a great statement. This is what you have to understand. Again, this is quantum physics, the law of resonance. You know, some people say the law of attraction, but it's the law of resonance. One person increasing their frequency can literally affect thousand that's just at 200 to 250 which is barely over the line of integrity when you get up in here to the fields of 400 which is reason understanding and the 500 love and reverence one person vibrating at 500 can affect 10 million people okay and this is all quantified in hawkins's research and books many of his books his newest one he's dead he died in 2013 but his newest book one of his disciples wrote it, came out in, I think, October of last year. I have it somewhere here. My wife probably has it downstairs somewhere, but it's amazing. It's like using the level of conscious, the field of level of consciousness in your life and in your business and everything. It's an amazing book. But one person makes a difference, bro. One person who vibrates between 350 and 500 every day of their life brings up hundreds of thousands of more every time they go out into society and they share their energy with people. You as a high vibration being and you know 
I'm pointing at the people watching this, the, the five people that will watch this, literally attract, they create an attractor pattern, a field, a resonant field that will automatically level them up by watching something else that's high vibration. So if one person watches this and is like, wow, and then they go home and they change their life because of this information, they will affect untold numbers of people beyond them. So as you know, the hundredth monkey, right? That is what is happening right now. This is, we are now in the hundredth monkey aspect of existence. And it's now just a matter of time when we reach the golden age when we get enough people over the line of integrity so that the entire matrix of negativity, of fear, of mRNA vaccines, of all of this tyranny is gone. It's that simple. Now, here's something very incredible thing that I knew nothing and just found this out. So one of the companies in the world, they're called Focus Life Force Energy, FLFE.net, amazing technology. They create high uh, vibration fields and they, they put them around your home put around your cell phone. They can do your car. They're unbelievable. I did a podcast with the owners uh, about a month ago and two guys, amazing dudes, Canadian. And actually I think the guy's Australian, the other guy's Australian, but, and, and, and I could be wrong, but I know he's not us. Um, they said that on September 23rd, 2019, the collective vibration of the planet was at 247, the highest it's ever measured. So you think it was a coincidence that the dark side took us down four months later? Other thing they told me, which I didn't know, in April 16th of this year, the lowest frequency of humankind or human as far as the collective was also measured, and it was 126. So fear is at 100, so desire. So imagine where we were. But I mean, that's low for the whole planet. And again, it was fear. Think about where we were in April. People were like, I'm getting the vaccine. They're scaring the shit out of us. We got to get the vaccine. So it's like, you know, when, when I did the podcast with them again, which was a month ago, they were like, the good news though, Jay, is that we're back up to 207 or something, or like 208 or something. So it was the highest jump in consciousness in a three-month period ever. Two and a half month period, realistic, because it was a month ago. So they're like, that's portending well. For humanity. So, you know, I'll end the show by saying, look, dude, and you can't see it on my wall, but it's above me. It says manifesting a golden age. It's like one of my statements, like all of us collectively can do that. Now, whether that happens, when I say all of us, I mean, the people that are already at a resonant vibratory force, 400 plus on the consciousness scale together can manifest that. Now, whether that happens in this timeline, in this time, because time doesn't even exist outside of the third dimension. And this reality is up to all of us manifesting that reality. So think of it like this. There are always multiple timelines and multiple realities coexisting at the same time. There's even multiple Corys and Js. But if we really are heading into the quote-unquote golden age, and there's two separate timelines, there's the fear timeline, which is the people that will end up on the doom and gloom apocalypse world war three atomic war nuclear annihilation blah 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 and then there's the people like me and you who are creating and manifesting the golden age the timelines will eventually merge and you meaning your vibration right will determine where you end up 
So if you are serving creation at your highest and best, and you are in this love field most of the time, and and I do want to say something because I left off about the dog story, which is very important to this podcast, you will end up in the golden age. Again, however, the golden age manifests. Is that 2030? Because, you know, the dark side says the singularity is in 2031. So there could be two, you know, again, competing parallel realities depending on your vibration. Now, just to end the show with the dog, people will say, you ask me, how do I get into the love vibration? How do I get into the love frequency? How do I learn how to raise my vibration? Simplest solution. If you have an animal, most of the time it's a domesticated animal like a dog or a cat. Fucking go spend time with them at the peak stress part of your day. When you go and spend time with your animal and that dog or that cat is like, you know, the cat's rubbing up against you. It's all perched or the dog. And I'm allergic to cats, so I'm not a cat person, but the dog, I have a pit bull. I have a blue nose pit. And we also have a little rat uh, Yorkshire Terrier. When they are wagging their tail, excited to see you, bro. They're at 540 on the vibrational scale, which is pure unconditional love. Because that animal loves you that much. Obviously, if you know, you're giving your animals love, which most people do. That energy of that dog affects your energy field. So it's simple. Go be with your dog or your cat or both if they get along three or four times a day when you start feeling run down. We have giant beanbags in my house. I have a beautiful home, blessed. We have two beanbags. We have a giant beanbag in our sacred spiritual room and then in our master living room, you know, den. And every time I come downstairs from being stressed out from work and dealing with, you know, being a CEO of a company or whatever, I, I choose one of the beanbags because the little rat dog, his name is Simba. He's on the big one. You know, we call it, he's on his throne or my pit who's the laziest, you know, he thinks he's a human. He's on the other one. I'll just pick one and I'll go and I'll lay them and they'll rub their body on me and they'll wag their tail and they'll lick me. The little dog, you know, licks my arms all up and down and Thor just like lays on me, farts, you know, <laughs> but dude, I'm not kidding you. Like people have to understand that their energy field is connected to your energy field and they only know unconditional love they are instinctual animals we don't know anything about dogs and cats realistically as far as like where they come from but they're clearly connected to the human vibrational pattern so again run to your animals embrace that unconditional love that they show you get into that energy field accept it you know just be happy that you're in that field dude do you know how many times when you're out in public or you're in your backyard or you're ever with your animals and your dogs start barking uncontrollably for no apparent reason, that's because they see beyond the third dimension spectrum of vision. They see the energy in the ether. They're protecting you at all times. People don't understand this. They think I'm crazy when I say this. I'm like, oh, you want to bet? Go get a infrared binoculars. And go outside, it costs $4,000. And go outside in your backyard and look up at the sky at night and see what you see. You'll see what your dogs see. And there ain't, it's not just goodness. It's not kumbaya. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all sorts of negative energy fields and protoplasmic beings and astral things. I mean, there is insane shit at around us at all times, again. So 
that's the easiest way, bro, is how to raise your vibration. If you're clueless to this, you don't even understand when I say serve humanity at your highest and best. It's just go be with your dog. Yeah. And literally accept being with your dog. I mean, if you can go out in the backyard and put your feet in the grass and ground or go to the beach and ground in the sand. I mean, I just came back from an entire week of grounding in nature. And I mean, it was like, but what's better than that? Yeah. It's so true, man. Well, I'll leave it there. Thank you for coming on the show, Jay. And thank you for sharing your amazing energy and giving all your energy on this podcast. I feel absolutely blessed. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. I'm good. Thank you so much for getting this far into the podcast. As a token of my appreciation for the loyal listeners, you can get a $50 discount of your first month inside the Set the Standard community. That'll help you double your business and reprogram your mind. We have two live group coaching calls per month, eight modules and challenges, and an exclusive network where you can meet all the men who are setting the standard in here. Please use the code PODCAST, capital P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to get the first $50 off of your first month. Can't wait to see you guys in there.